is Adrian. You're listening to After Adult. If you're not yet, please follow us on Instagram. It's at After Adult. Um, you can also check out our website, afteradult.com. We're available everywhere that you get podcasts. Please rate and review us, especially on Apple Podcasts. Um, just a heads up, this episode is the second part of a two-episode discussion about the After Porn Ends 3 documentary. So if you haven't listened to the first part yet, probably go listen to that before you listen to this. Thanks. But uh, my my least favorite, and I don't really think it's, I don't know if it's fair to say, like, least I think the one that was... Maybe we should say the one you disagree with the most. Yeah, the one that was, like, the hardest for me to watch, I think, was definitely Jenna Presley's just because of her... She... (sighs) She had... I want to be clear that it's, like, it's not anything personal against her. Like, she's clearly had some pretty big struggles in... Both in and outside of the porn industry. Mm -hmm. Um... And I've talked about this. We talked about this in the last episode about anti-porn. I she's actually on that website. The yeah, she's on the on the anti-porn or Christian name church. Yeah, as Brittany Ruiz. Brittany Ruiz. Ruiz. Yeah. But okay, so here's the thing. When I so I, the thing that I guess kind of rubs me the wrong way, and I guess I should also say like I should always take things like this with a grain of salt, and I do, um, but. Because Brittany Ruiz, formerly Jenna Presley, is Christian and, like, an evangelical Christian, mm-hmm. that evangelism makes its way into being against porn. And that now you're evangelizing people against porn, which in, and, but doing it in a way that it's inherently very sex-negative. Mm-hmm. And, like, kind of making assumptions like, this devalues women. And but, those are the yeah. things that I just really disagree with, and I don't think that they're really productive in a and 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 this is this is where my argument sort of breaks down because Brittany Ruiz never claimed to be like a feminist or or any it's so it's not on her that she yeah no her reasons it's just that I don't agree with it and that's her reasons (laughs) were I think due to past trauma and also because she Mm -hmm. admittedly had low self-esteem and Mm -hmm. you know these people people were telling her she was beautiful and then she yeah. feel beautiful. And she's also struggled telling. with addiction, and, mm-hmm. and that so, didn't help. Yeah. I'm going to preface... That's partially my pause. I'm going to preface this by saying you're welcome to cut this out. Mm-hmm. Okay. But I also wonder if it this was harder for you to watch because in a lot of ways it actually reminded me a lot of your journey. Yeah. Like she had... She had retired, mm-hmm. and then she got back into it because of a controlling relationship. Mm-hmm. You went into it voluntarily, but mm-hmm. were in a relationship that wasn't necessarily yeah. healthy. Yeah. And that, I think, affected... I mean, I was not in your brain, and we haven't really... <laughs> so no, it, we can talk about it. Yeah, that's okay. not anything but, I feel like uncomfortable or like needs to be cut out. No, but it... Um, but was not very healthy, and a lot of it, the reasons, or part of the reason why it seemed like it wasn't really healthy was because mm-hmm. he was very controlling of, like, he controlled the work that you did as well as other parts of your life. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was, I just wondered if that also was why it was harder for you to watch, not just because you didn't, you don't necessarily agree with her views, 
but because of the fact I think that so. yeah I think so and and for me it's because I I might have had and I mean I don't want to align my experience too much with what Jenna Presley oh, experienced. No. Yeah. Cuz there's a there's a lot that's very different. Like I Oh yeah, for me it was just it was like echoes. It was yeah. like Yeah, it's it's little ripples echoes. in a pond that the the thing off. that I think is hugely different for me is that I so I I wanted to do porn before I met my ex, mm-hmm. you know. Being in a relationship with him and having his support just really made it easier for me to go to California and do something that I wanted to do anyway. Um, and his influence was like, so I think what Jenna Presley spoke about was like feeling like she didn't really have a choice or like, yeah, she, I don't know that she ever said it that way, but yeah, I feel like it wasn't. It was never that she. She, I, she did say that basically the dude who this, got her back into porn was like straight was up like him. Is what pimp, she called yeah. him. That he like lured her back in and she felt tricked or something. And that was that's pretty yeah. awful. Um, so not it was not even remotely like that with my ex. It was more just that I had certain ideas of the kind of porn I wanted to do, but after I met him he kind of planted a seed of, like, he told me, like, you'd be really successful as, like, a mainstream porn performer. Mm -hmm. And so when I first wanted to do porn, I I was, like, you know, had come out to my family as, like, someone who's, at the time I was calling myself, uh, like, lesbian or queer, but, you know, I'm, I'm bisexual. So... Anyway, I had this whole entirely different idea of what I wanted to do. And it really was, like, being stuff like Crash Pad series. But then by the time I met my ex and then, like, we moved out to California, I was, like, in my head it turned into, well, if I could be more successful doing really mainstream stuff and make more money, like, why not? Mm-hmm. And so it just kind of warped the way that I saw the whole thing. And I think it's that, for me, I let him influence the way I saw myself and my career a little too much. And lost a little bit of touch with what I wanted and right. what would have fulfilled me better. Yeah. And so that's where sometimes I'm like, well, you know, it's it kind of sucks. And then the other side of it was that my family completely like rejected my career in porn. And the only way to really have any relationship with my parents was to not just leave porn, but especially not be in a relationship with my ex. And because my career in porn came along, like it started with my relationship with my ex basically like we moved to California together he was like my main resource there right so in order to get away from my ex and for that relationship to end I kind of had to leave porn they were very very intertwined there was really no way to cleanly break off one but not the other do you think that you would have left porn when you did if you hadn't been with that guy if I I can say 100% certainty that if I had found a way to have better self-care, what? Right. You could just hear Georgia Banks scratching yeah, yeah. things up. No, it's you know what she's doing? I have an automatic trash can and yeah. she knows how to wave in front of it and make it open and so she's just waving in front of the trash can and making the lid open and close repeatedly. <laughs> Georgia Banks, please stop. You're so trashy. I can't do you want me to read the the question so georgia banks yeah yeah you can repeat it so do, <laughs> okay, so <laughs> so do you think that 
if you hadn't been with your ex that you would have left porn when you did? Um, no. Like, the short answer is no. Okay. So, cause, because I just... Uh, like, if I had had a lot of the reason or the timing of me leaving porn, it was, like, all the stuff with my family. Like, I felt really socially isolated because I hadn't really worked on having other relationships or mm-hmm. friendships while I was in California. Um, and my self-care was, like, non-existent. Um, and so I started seeing a therapist and then realized, like, I need to not be in this relationship anymore. And the priority became ending that relationship. And so it was, like, whatever other sacrifices I needed to make, including not having a career in porn anymore. Okay. But if I had found a way, I was in crisis mode. Like, I've already mentioned this in the podcast, but I was, like, really suicidal. For you, for you it was fight or flight. Yeah. And... I think if I had been honest with myself earlier on and started seeing a therapist earlier on and then had more time to work on my own shit and to, like, kind of create an exit plan for the relationship... I think that I could have actually kept the career in adult, but gotten away from the relationship and still been probably even more successful. Mm-hmm. Um, but no, it was like, and I realize that now I look back and I'm like, oh, I mean, coulda, shoulda, woulda, I guess. But yeah. it's easy to look back and say that. And then I remember how extremely depressed I was and how dangerous it was for me to be in that place like every day. Mm-hmm. And it would be totally unrealistic to think that I could have done anything other than what I actually did, which is just completely leave and like start over. <laughs> Sorry, the dogs are barking again. Yeah, it they wasn't are. me rolling my eyes at you. The other okay, the other thing that I thought about when I was oh, oh, sorry, I just hit the table. Oh, you're fine. I kick the table all the time. The other thing that I that sort of reminded me uh, was her issues with body image. Yeah, really reminded me of you. Not like you have. Nah, I mean, I say no, I, get, I, I say remind me of your story. Not in that like you're you and are like carbon carbon copies. Mm-hmm. It's like it's more like your copies that have gone through the copier like a hundred times. Yeah, and so like so they're like there's vague resemblances. <laughs> It's, like, where you have a photocopy of a photocopy of a photocopy. Yeah. Like, where you go to, like, the DMV or whatever, uh-huh. like, sad government office yep. that's underfunded, and they hand you a form to fill out that is clearly from, like, an original Xerox from yeah. 1982. And and then that when they printed that batch, like, the printer was almost out of ink. Oh my god, and every time I'm like, you guys, you realize that there's a computer somewhere that has this actual PDF. Like, all you just, find the goddamn file and print it. Stop photocopying things. Okay, that's so, a tangent. So, that's what I mean. It's like, or like, a really bad game of telephone. Like, your, <laughs> like your stories. Oh my god, I'm dropping shit. <laughs> like, there's, there are these similarities for overarching themes. Yeah, yeah, I definitely see what you mean. The body image thing is like, and I haven't really talked about that a ton on the podcast. Um, oh God, we should have we should have a whole yeah. episode about body image. We I had it I th- I had it on my schedule. Oh, yeah, cool. we can do it whenever you want. Okay, I don't have a predetermined timeline for when that one comes out. Neat. Um, so yeah, I won't talk about it too much now then, okay. since we need to have a whole episode on it. But yeah, no, that's yeah, mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. I definitely think that there's. And I guess that's probably exactly why 
her interview is my least favorite because I do see some similarities there. And yeah, and her confidence compared to like, I literally wrote for my notes for Christy Canyon. I was like, this woman has so much self confidence. Christy Canyon's a bad fucking. I like, love de- her. like deservedly. Like mm-hmm. she's done a lot. I not just in porn. Like she's done a lot outside of porn. Like she has her own. She has her own radio show. Mm-hmm. She's written a book. Like she's just done so much. Yeah, like, she's super cool. All of that confidence earned. Except also, I think she just had it from the get go, which is pretty sure she did. Which, which, um, which in like the B roll intercuts of who was which actress was the one who was like, we are in an adult industry. You That's need Romy to Rain. be an adult. Yeah, Romy I Rain. like her too. Yeah, that also seems like someone who like had their shit together. Yeah, from I don't know her personally, even though she she is like I guess what I would say was a contemporary when I was in the industry. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't know her personally, but mm-hmm. I really loved everything that she said on those B-roll shots. <laughs> oh yeah, I really liked what everyone said. Pretty on much those same. B-roll shots. I think they had to. I think they. Buck Angel, aka Duke. Duke. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not gonna tease you about that anymore. <laughs> I, I. So Buck Angel was featured in that Jubilee video that we posted, which is like six porn stars. Yeah, several episodes ago. Several episodes. My first episode. Yeah. Um, yeah, it was. But he was featured in that. And I texted Adrian when I was watching, and I was like, it's Duke. Yeah. I couldn't Rachel started texting me about Duke while she was watching the documentary. And I'm like, who the fuck is Duke? She was like, are you talking about Luke Wilder? And I was like, no, he was in that video that I sent you. You No, you literally were like, he was the guy in the video. And I'm like, okay, that doesn't narrow it that's down like, at all. That's like you saying the woman with the long hair. And the <laughs> yeah, except if I only left it at that and didn't give you any other hints. It was the person with the face. but yeah no i really enjoyed everything that everyone said i really thought that because i because like i said i watched i've started watching after porn too i've had a really hard time finishing it because Mm -hmm. i just i don't find it as compelling not because of any of the stories that are told but because the way they're told yeah like you know they're interspersed with these very directed b-roll things like we had there was the story of who's the anti-porn guy who darren james who he yeah yeah, he got hiv and then he and then because of you know testing and other things and when he was performing i think and testing he ended up the testing intervals were longer back then it was one month yeah weeks he ended up accidentally infecting three other performers with HIV. Yeah, that um, And so now he's an advocate for condoms in porn. And then the B-roll clip, which was very informative, and I did enjoy it, but it was it was very pointedly, like, the counter-argument. Mm-hmm. I, where they had the doctor where, who yeah, came on and talked about condom use in porn. Yeah, they had a doctor who talked about condom use and micro-tears and all those other things. Tears. I'm sorry. I'll, I'll stop. 
According to the Instagram poll, nobody else liked that phrase either, so... Yeah. Do you want to know why? Because it's awful. <laughs> Some of the other ones that I thought were really... I thought Priya Rai's segment was very interesting because of the fact that she is Indian? Indian. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, okay, so Priya Rai... have to yeah. <laughs> Priya Rai, she was born in New Delhi and then she was adopted... Okay, okay. I think by by people who are very conservative hmm. and religious. And I thought her segment was also very compelling. It was interesting to see how the stigma of porn specifically affects you if you have children. Uh, yeah, yeah, that's... Bonnie Radden talked about the fact that she, when she had a kid, she knew that she was going to be walking away yeah. and how it still affects her because... You know, and and Bonnie Rod, she's also like heavily tattooed. She's very alternative, mm-hmm. so she already has like that, uh, like which makes mark her even ag- more recognizable. Yeah, yeah. And, and also like that mark against her. Yeah, I mean, some people will judge you based on how many tattoos and whatever you have. I feel like it's still really common for people to harbor a belief of like. Oh, that woman who's a mom has all those... Oh, you can't be a good mom if you're heavily tattooed. It's like, what the yeah. fuck? So she, oh. so she talked about how like she sometimes feels incredibly uncomfortable at like certain things for her daughter because she's afraid... Pre- and Priya Rai talked about her, her children are older. Mm-hmm. One of them's in college now. And... Didn't she say that she, like, when, when they were younger, that she would, like, drop them off at school and just, like, really not interact? Just be like, okay, bye. Like, yeah. she didn't really, like... She's, no, she actually said for oh yeah the graduation. kids' graduation, yeah. she just showed up and she left. Mm-hmm. Um, because, and I think it's also partially because she's, she's like, it's their day. Mm-hmm. And I don't want the attention on me for things that yeah. I've done. But I, I thought those, I thought that was what made it very interesting because we've talked about the stigma that follows you when you're porn, if you're single or mm-hmm. if you're married or in the workplace. But it's also not something that you, that you can mm-hmm. ex- under, you can empathize, but it's not something that you've been through. Mm-hmm. So I think the experience of motherhood, God, is very, and I, yeah, I mean, it's hard I to would, even imagine. I mean, I would love to see, I mean, there's probably not a stigma is the answer. Mm-hmm. I would love to see here from a former male actor what that's like. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm i going to assume that it's probably not a stigma because men can... I've... The one... Sex with how many women in school is. Yeah. I think that I think it comes across differently. And, like, mm-hmm. I'll tell a really short anecdote. And this is actually comes directly from... Um, John, the journalist or writer John Ronson's, um, he did a podcast that was like originally on Audible, but now it's available on Apple Podcasts. Mm-hmm. And it's called, I mentioned it before, um, it's called The Butterfly Effect, but he interviews a lot of people in porn and just documents a lot of kind of behind the scenes. Um, it, it's sort of like the way that Freakonomics mm-hmm. breaks down like unexpected consequences of things, except it's entirely about the porn industry. Okay. He interviews a performer. Um, a male performer who's retired who worked as a nurse mm. and was fired from being a nurse because a patient recognized him oh, from porn. And the reason that he was given for being fired was that uh, they, I think it was like the hospital HR said something like, 
patients might feel sexually assaulted just by your presence because of the if they recognize you and have the knowledge that you did porn <laughs> it's a very it was a kind that of a crazy like convoluted yeah yeah but he... essentially that's what he was told was like like your existence in like what's supposed to be a safe space for patients who are like in a vulnerable vulnerable position is unacceptable and we just can't employ you Wow. And he was really upset about it because he like loved being a nurse and felt that it was like a calling for him. So it does. I mean, it does follow men who leave the porn industry. I just think that it is. It probably comes out in very different ways. Yeah. And I, I don't could... know how much men. I'd be interested to hear from more men who have an experience with this, but I'm curious how much. It comes out in because I mean we could even talk about there being a stigma that prevents you from doing things like you know having certain kinds of jobs or feeling paranoid that you might be fired from certain kinds of jobs but then I know for me and for other women there's also kind of the other edge of that stigma double-sided so I'm so I don't know how to talk words double-edged um, sword yeah thank you um which is attention that I guess you could say is like positive, but also can make me feel very objectified or like fetishized, you know? Like I, I've had people who just don't seem to want to get to know me as a person. They just want to ask me questions about very detailed sexual things and experiences. <laughs> Which it's like, gotta get to level, gotta yeah. get to at least level 10 before you can unlock that backstory. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Gotta show that you care about me as a person before. Yes. And I'm you pretty can sure ask that me these questions. Yeah, and I think anyone who does anything publicly sexual on the internet probably experiences that. 100%. I just remember getting I deactivated Facebook for the entire time I was in the adult industry. Like I didn't have a personal one, mm-hmm. but as soon as I moved out of California and like kind of went back to civilian life, I had a Facebook again with my, you know, just my family members and stuff. And I started getting lots of messages from people who went to college or high school with me. Who wrecked Who were who confessing you. their crushes that they apparently had that they never told me about. Like, and it was clearly bullshit. And it's like you ju- the, just... It's like no, tomorrow when I, when I win <laughs> the Mega Millions, hopefully... <laughs> Um, or is it? The, I think it's the Powerball. That's that's up so high. Tomorrow when I win the Powerball, and then you know I'll get. It's like similar to that. Like oh a bunch of people will start telling me how much they love me and how okay they had a giant crush on me. Can I ask you one thing for uh, when you win the Powerball? Yeah, sure. I don't need you to do anything for me. Okay. Except, uh-huh. and you can choose which of these you would rather do. Ooh. Find me a new apartment to live in that doesn't have neighbors with noisy dogs. Or, alternatively, I stay here and you offer my neighbors with noisy dogs money to move out. Okay. (laughs) Oh my god. So the thing, (laughs) another thing that I thought was interesting coming off the heels of talking about our Mm anti-porn was how this was not necessarily anti-porn. Yeah. It, cause... Uh Because I think if you like the only person who I think was was it was Brittany Reese, and it goes falls under that religious category. Mm-hmm. But most of the 
most of the people who are featured are very much about you know the best way to control mm-hmm. your is is to have your own production it almost serves as like a boss. really great how to and also a how not to for mm-hmm. people who want to be in the porn industry yeah because it really does you know even like I, Alex Chance rattled off like the list of uh, passive income sources mm-hmm. that everyone in the industry uses, whether yeah. they really discuss it openly or not. But and she just went down the list. She was like clips for sale, custom videos, camming, Snapchat, camming, like mm-hmm. <laughs> like every way that you can monetize something. People in porn do that, and that's it's super. There's actually. Uh, I don't know when it's going to happen because I have to wait for this book to come out that I want to read. But um, just talking about like labor practices in the porn industry is super, super interesting. Also, the difference between how the internet has changed. Because a lot of the people who are featured, um, like Christy Canyon, Gentile, um, Herschel Savage, mm-hmm. Luke Wilder, Alexandra Silk, um, Tara Patrick, Frilla, they... They were on the scene mm-hmm. before the internet became synonymous with porn. Yeah. Um, Christy Canyon too, like oh, the eighties, like it was the like real the golden days. Yeah, and era. and I also thought it, it was so strange because some of the things that they were saying, it was like things that people say who are not in porn. They say about the internet now. It's like Christy Canyon was like. <laughs> You know, talking about it was like it was the heyday, and people, you know, you you had more autonomy, and like mm-hmm. it was just. Um, I think what she said was she. Oh yeah, she got really specific about like I never did any of these sex acts that she seemed to think were like just really outlandish and kind of crazy. And oh I yeah, think objectively they was kind it? of are. No, she was saying like double anal, which oh, is where yeah. you have two. Okay penises in your butt I don't know why I come across like I'm skittish saying body part words on this podcast because I don't care I, you know why it's because every time I'm about, I'm about to say two dicks in your butt or something like that Rachel I think about your mom listening <laughs> I'm sorry Rachel she, um, she doesn't have time to listen right now okay she's, she's good so one day she'll be listening to this 10 years from now and she'll be like oh, that's maybe a, um so, yeah, no, Christy Kinney was like, I don't have to do, like, double anal or, like, double vag or, like, triple vag, which is also a thing, which I, that's a lot of bodies in an enclosed space. Um, yeah, it was, there was, she was, her, she yeah. highlighted, like, that she felt like she had more autonomy, mm-hmm. she didn't, and she made money, and mm-hmm. even if maybe the audience wasn't as big as it. she made money off the audience right. even though current stars it was kind of that phase of capitalism where it seems like it's working well <laughs> yeah except current stars like directly disagreed with one of the segments was like i think about and sh- and they were and they felt like they actually had so much more autonomy and power because of the internet because they could find these alternate revenue sources they felt like they had more well, power. but it was something yeah. that I think a lot of like Tara Patrick. I keep on going. I think because Tara Patrick mm-hmm. um, has her own production company now, and so I think she's the one who's still mostly 
Yeah, she's still somewhat yeah. involved. Like somewhat she's involved. Recently produced some stuff, and she still does feature dancing mm-hmm. and like tours. So. But um, I think it was terrifying. It might have been someone else talked about how like she felt really lucky that her first scene wasn't like gangbang bukkake same thing yeah yeah um, i think a lot of them said something to that something tune, similar yeah. yeah a lot of the people who got started like earlier on like before the 2000s mm-hmm. said similar things like that yeah yeah i the i agree i mean having been active in this post internet not like obviously we're using the internet but like post the internet fucking up the golden years of porn post porn huh well yeah, exactly. Post porn, yeah. Post post porn tube sites. Um, yeah, I mean, the only way that anyone now makes a living consistently is by finding ways to work to make the internet work for them and to monetize cleverly and to find workarounds. But no one would argue. You could argue that like we wouldn't need or porn performers wouldn't need to do that if porn if the internet didn't fuck it up in the in the first place mm-hmm. so but i would say like my argument i think in favor of the internet and porn working together has nothing to do with uh income potential or you know how easily one can or cannot survive doing porn but it's that it's it's split it open for other people to be seen that's the biggest thing. Yeah. It's like, we have, like, visible trans performers now. There's, you know, feminist porn being produced. Mm-hmm. People are starting to care more about the ethics of how it's produced. Yeah. Not I that mean, they we're... didn't care about that in, like, the 90s. Yeah, but, but it was... where they, like, some of the actresses were like, I was told if I did interracial, I wouldn't get... Mm-hmm. Or I was told if I got tattoos, I couldn't mm-hmm. do... I wouldn't be able to do porn. Like, yeah. and now it's... And now it's just, like, you know, it's just recognized that, like, maybe everyone won't like that, but enough people will. Mm -hmm. Yeah. (laughs) So, overall, I still think it's a good thing, although, you know, it's it's just like everything else. I mean, it's not just the porn industry. Yeah. It's that gig economy. (laughs) Also, to really circle back, I was looking through my notes and I found out who had the similar view to Herschel, Herschel oh. Savage. It was actually, I think, from After Porn Ends 2. They interviewed Ginger oh. Lynn. Oh, and she has yes. a super similar view. Yeah. Which, so it wasn't Tara Patrick. It was, it was Ginger Lynn. Little old Ginger Lynn. Who was also a vivid girl and... Mm-hmm. Um, and who also... And who also inspired... I, I know I have it in here. Someone, I think it might have actually been Gentile, was like, I would love to have sex. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's who Gen- <laughs> she, yeah, Gentile said that she Gentile, like, had, had like, a list, and she had a huge crush on Ginger Lynn. Um, I love that she had an actual list. That's like, it seems, it seemed like she, yeah, like, it might not have been, like, a physical copy, but it seemed like, at least in her mind, she had an actual list of, like, these are the people that I want to fuck. I feel like she had a written down list. I believe that, actually. And it was probably in, like, a composition notebook. You see, Gentile, it's not at, like, I admire everything except your stance on Scooby-Doo. Scooby-Doo doesn't fucking cure cancer. <sighs> oh. All right, so final thoughts on 
after porn three? I enjoyed it. I thoroughly enjoyed it. Um, I just felt like it was really well done. Mm -hmm. I liked that they did seem to just have more like conversation with all the interviewees in this one and then stitch them together in a more, I don't know. It just seemed like less of a, um, somehow less structured than the last one, but also better structured. Yes. No, I, that makes sense. Yeah. Who would you want to see in After Porn 4? If they make one. Oh my god. Uh, Jesus. Uh, you weren't prepared for that question. No, I was not. That's <laughs> Take a second. You can think about it. Field. Here, do well, you... I don't know how to... I don't, I don't think I'm prepared to answer that because I don't know who's retired. Like, you yeah, know? Except, except... Okay, let me... Re- just assuming, like, you can say anyone, like, that we're not, like, placing a hex on them we're, that they're going to retire as soon as you say, like, this is someone oh. who... But, like... No, I mean, like, I, I assume that it would be someone who's already retired, because I feel like you need to be out of it. Yeah. You need to actually be retired whole... to go into a documentary where you're interviewed about your retirement. Like... Okay, yeah, but let, <laughs> let's pretend, like, it's sort of like, who would you want to have dinner with, living or dead? Who would oh. you want to? Who would you want to be an after porn for so like, post retirement? No matter what year they retire, I almost I kind of want to say Nina Hartley, but she's never gonna retire. Like Nina Hartley's gonna be a sex worker forever, and that's like her mo. And it's one of the reasons I love her. So really, what I'm saying is, I just want a documentary about Nina Hartley. About Nina Hartley. Cool. <laughs> who I worked with. And it was really awesome, and I don't think that scene ever came out. Sad. Yeah. That was a fun day. It was cool. It was really cool. Well, we recommend that you go watch After Porn 3. It is currently available on Netflix. There are lots of other places that you can rent it on the interwebs or head to your local blockbuster. I'm sure it's in circulation there. What about Hollywood video? I'm Rachel. <laughs> I'm Adrian. And you listen to After Porn if you liked what you listened After to. After what? Did you just uh, call the name of the podcast After Porn? Blah, blah, blah. I'm Rachel. <laughs> I'm Adrian. You're listening to After, After Adult. Adult. You can find us <laughs> online at afteradult.com or on, on Instagram. Instagram at After Adult. Thanks for listening. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Bye.